I'm not just talking to hear my head roar. The worst day of my life? What do you think? What in Judas Rockin' Priest is going on around here? Oh, my man! Ah! It's Bugs Day, the hour of rage. I love a Thursday, particularly when I look at the screen. And even before I've given the number, people are calling up to say what's got them bugged, including me on one story, which is great. I love that because sometimes I say and do things that you go, I'm not down with that. I don't agree. Other times you find that you and I are completely aligned, resonating like the strings of a guitar or a harp. Okay, enough of that. Stop being so poetic. Bugs Day, the hour of rage works this way. Absolutely anything you want to talk about today that's got you bugged. That's the rule. 877-332-8255. Let's talk about it here and now. Okay. I've gone a little deeper, and uh, there is some uh, interesting material from the local media in Estevan. Uh, we also have family sources that have spoken to the newsroom. If you are hopelessly confused... That's understandable, because nobody has laid out even a rough narrative timeline of what happened. And some of this I am extrapolating and suspecting, because when somebody's brought in and processed in police headquarters, they don't walk in with a gun. They're completely frisked. They're put in holding cells. So the guy didn't have a gun. And when a police officer gets shot in a processing area, usually it means an officer had a gun on their belt and a perp grabs the gun and shoots somebody. I mean, that's just me because I know lots of cops. I watch lots of cop movies. Uh, that's what I suspect happened. But here's the story. Esteban police service are called before 7 a.m. to a domestic. A woman is killed. The man suspected of being the murderer is brought to Estevan police headquarters put in holding cells, an officer later is processing this individual, the individual somehow in what all police are saying is an altercation, shoots the police officer. The suspect is then felled because, of course, you grab a gun, shoot a police officer in a holding area, everybody in the area will pull their guns and you will be dead. So we know a woman is dead and a man is dead. We know the injured police officer, airlifted to Regina, is in stable condition. So that's me just, I, I, I know a woman's dead, a man's dead. We know an officer was shot, but I'm kind of extrapolating. And so don't take my word for it. But I think that's kind of the way you want to be thinking of this, if that makes sense. Uh, in Estevan, there's all sorts of stories about the family name of the woman killed, the f- name of the perp or the alleged perp. But I'm not going to go there because... Uh, I don't know the families involved, and I wouldn't want to uh, walk into some immense breaches of their privacy or the name of the officer, which also, also is getting a lot of circulation around Estevan today. But Godspeed for that officer, and we hope everything's going to be okay for you and your family. Okay, Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Where do we begin? This is almost too predictable. Okay. And it's the subject of my commentary today. Ready for this? The Saskatchewan Human Rights Commission has gone to Survey Monkey 
And they're doing a survey on trans children and the Saskatchewan government's draconian law. They don't say draconian, but the whole tilt on this thing from the Saskatchewan Human Rights Commission is clearly negative. I went on the survey this morning. It only takes you five minutes to do it. The activists have been circulating this thing for days. Now, some parents' rights groups and others, if you want to find it yourself, it takes maybe five minutes to do. Do you agree with the government? Do you disagree with them? Do you think the government could have done the same but less intrusive? Uh, did you have some research? And that's none of your business. You agree with it, you disagree with it. So a lot of the trans activists have been circulating this thing, and you can know they've ginned up thousands of responses. Parents' groups are now saying, hey, fill it out. Because, of course, part of the Saskatchewan Human Rights Commission MO here is to say, we did a highly scientific survey that we wrote, we gave to SurveyMonkey, and we've had 10,000 responses, 9,900 of which say the government is draconian, it's violating the rights of poor trans children. So do your part. And by the way, what do I always hector you about voting? If you got 80% voter turnout, you'd actually get good politics? Well... Find the survey and vote. Uh, it's a little tricky to Google because it's posted on Facebook. But if you Google Survey Monkey Saskatchewan Human Rights Commission, it's quite far down in the stack, but you'll find it. So you click on it. And it's called the Systemic Review of the Ministry of Education Pronoun Slash Name Policy and Legislation. So the Human Rights Commission wants to know what you think. Okay. Ready for this? So the... Survey goes on, and it, uh, you know, anybody can do it. Everybody should do it. Um, if you leave your name, your comments are confidential. The commission may contact you for additional follow-up, and you might receive information. Your information will not be published in any way that could identify you. There's all the disclaimers. So what is this about? It's about parents being notified if a child under 16 is changing their pronouns, their gender, their name. And they say, don't tell my parents, and the school system refuses to tell you anything. That's what this is about. Parents now will have a right to both be, in fact, it's passed now, you have a right to be advised and to consent. Okay? So that's kids under 16. Ready for this? Anyone can fill out this survey. Persons under the age of 18 must complete this survey with the guidance and the consent of their parents. You people at the Human Rights Commission, you know, you are our moral superiors, that I know. You are our moral arbiters. But even did this somehow elude you? You're now clearly hypocritical as well. So anybody can fill this in. But if you're under 18, you need the consent of your parent. 877-332-8255. Hey, it's Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Uh, oh, uh, Saskatchewan Senator Denise Batters is ringing the alarm. I hope she's premature on this, but it got a little bit weird in the Senate. She's questioning Defense Minister Bill Blair regarding the future of the Snowbirds. And as you know, the demonstration flight squadron is based where? 15-wing moose jaw. So there's been talk uh, for years. The little Tudor jets require replacement by 2030. Uh, the whole concern is 
What are you doing with procurement? The Tudor Jets, as you know, are old. But, unfortunately, Senator, I'm not prepared to make any comment with respect to future spending. They're a proud tradition. I've seen them. They've done some great things for us. And then he punts, and he grabs the ball, and then he punts again, and he punts again. And nowhere does the Minister of National Defense say clearly the snowbirds are safe. The snowbirds will be continuing, and the Canadian military is going to make sure they have the funding. He goes out of the way not to address those three issues. Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Okay, one more before we get to the calls. Uh, Hey, John, just call me B. I'm a teacher. You were talking about classroom disruptions and some of the problems in large blended classrooms with special needs children. I am a Regina teacher, and classroom disruptions are not always special needs children. Lots of times, the class is disrupted by entitled and enabled teenagers who don't like hearing the word no. Wow, really? Whatever happened to respecting teachers, because you're your teachers. And then B goes on to say, when the student runs to mom or dad... Their parents start an attack on the teacher, school administration, sometimes even go straight to talk with the superintendent. And the problem is the superintendents listen to these parents before the parents have even attempted to follow proper protocols. This is a big problem for education. Our superintendents, first question should be to the parents, have you tried talking to the teacher? And if the answer is no, then conversation is over until you and the teacher have a chat. B, I could not agree with you more. It must be infuriating. I told you the story before. I'm in that age. I Okay, I'm still working. Old dog that I am. I love this gig. But a bunch of my buddies all retired years ago because they did their 25, 30 years of teaching. And they all started teaching kind of 1980-ish, sort of 79, 80. to give you a sense how old I am. So they all retired a good while ago. Every one of them reports when they were student teaching, when they were brand new young teachers, you'd call a parent and a car would come screaming into the parking lot and the parent would be walking across the parking lot, grab the kid and say, are you going to get it? You listen to the teacher, stop doing this, you know, da, 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 da. Totally had the back of the teacher. That generation of teachers, by the time they left, call the parent, car comes screaming into the parking lot, parent goes strutting across, and then you get attacked. Why? Because you question the precious angel who is entitled, enabled, and has a right to do whatever he or she pleases. Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Okay, Halloween, I deplore orange and black day. Just call it Halloween. Harold, am I being too hard on the anti-Halloween people? Yes, I take your word, John. I totally agree with you on 95%. You know, I'm (laughs) conservative, evangelical. And uh, I thank you for keeping everything on the front burner. And you're right on with the government's position on the human rights and all that. But there's, uh, and we're a conservative Christian family, and we love uh, seeing our grandkids dress up and all that. We uh, don't go for the witches and stuff. But there's uh, 
number, there's Ukrainian families now and Romanians and others that will not touch Halloween. So we have to respect that. And down through the years, we've had friends the same way. Well, we didn't take them to task. We loved them and appreciated their position. So I think you are a bit hard on that guy from Kenora. And was he an uh, immigrant, or uh, did he have some, what was his background? No. Uh, okay. Invariably, Harold, the director of education in the whole Kenora area is whiter than you, born yeah. and raised in Saskatchewan, I'm thinking doesn't get out much. Most of these social justice do-gooders don't travel much. So that's the director of education. They bring in a brand new principal who is just like that. They've decided... It's better to replace Halloween with harvest festival time. Now, if it's a harvest festival, Harold, it should have been Thanksgiving or earlier. The 31st of October is not a time you dress up and pretend to be farmers. So this is white social justice activists who think they know better. Now, you do talk to newcomers, and that's a lot more than what a lot of the social justice activists do. I, years ago, was doing this rant, and a young woman phoned from Mexico And she said the most exciting, fun thing about coming to Saskatchewan was my kids get to dress up and go get candy. And, Uh you know, in her culture, Halloween, you know, All Saints Day is marked, but the whole Halloween crazy costumes thing was brand new to her, and she said it was so much fun. Now, you're right, Uh there is a religious connotation on ghouls and goblins and stuff, but you're tolerant, Harold. But these social justice left-wing do-gooders who deign to speak for people... And they call it Orange and Black Day. They call it Harvest Day. Why can't we just all give one another some flexibility? Oh, sure. But uh, on the other hand, we have to respect those that have strong convictions against it. And there is an aspect there, John. There is a real world out there with uh, Satan and the demons and all that. And so if people resist that, let's have patience with them. And Yeah, that's a good point. Let's have patience. But I'm frankly tired of white, homegrown social justice activists living with diversity, inclusion, equity on their terms and telling kids they can't have Halloween. That's all. 877-332-8255. Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Something bugging you today. Let's talk about it here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Throw me a freaking bone here. All right, you're going the right way for a smack bottom. Hey, I will not be ignored. Don't do that. Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Perry coming up on Israel. But first, Joan, the Saskatchewan Human Rights Commission, has a survey monkey survey out. What did you think? Um, I just went through it, uh, looked at the questions, responded to them. Uh, it's not a survey. No, it's not. It's extremely subjective. I've done a lot of surveys, lots of online surveys. This is not a survey. This is trying to gin up support for the position the Human Rights Commission has already taken. Definitely. You can tell by the way the questions are asked. Yep. So good that you did it. I think, I, I hope you've told lots of friends to do it as well. Well, yeah, I will. I will try and get through to, I'll try and get through to as many people as I can to tell them to take a look at the survey. But yeah, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Uh, this is like raise a flag for fairness. Do you remember that? 
you've long forgotten. Back in the days of Lauren Calvert, about 2006, the, the NDP government did a survey. Click here if you think we should raise a flag for fairness in relationships with Ottawa. Click here if you think Saskatchewan should you know, lose money and be victimized by Ottawa. Two listeners of this show kept clicking on the, nah, I'm with Ottawa, Saskatchewan should lose. And they were getting around the cookies thing. And they actually, in real time, you could see, you know, what the NDP was predicting would be like 80-20. You know, 80% of people support the government. All of a sudden, you could see it then switching. And all of a sudden, 80% of people are supporting Ottawa. And it was just mischief makers. Two listeners to the show sat there one morning doing it. And then the government locked it in and made it look like it was 80-20, 70-30. And they weren't taking any more votes because they were trying to gin up a survey with such outrageous questions. They knew everybody would vote for the government except those who were making mischief. So this is a little bit like the Human Rights Commission. Do a survey where the only conclusion you can come to is the Scott Moe government is evil and is going to be hurting little trans children. And that's nonsense. Uh, Perry and Osler... The ground war is on in Israel, and it is getting difficult. Yes, and the opening headline on all this has me really bugged. Israel declares war on Hamas. I woke up three weeks ago, turned on the news, and Hamas declared war on Israel. Israel wakes up to a severe attack, which was called a war. And now they're saying Israel declares war. Well, Israel did, though, Perry. I mean, uh, the prime minister made a formal declaration of war on Hamas and pledged that they will destroy every single member of Hamas. But you're right. Hamas started this. Right. They, yeah, what they did is they actually declared war on Israel. They came in, did a severe attack, knowing that would start a war. 877-332-8255. Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Something bugging you today. Let's talk about it here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Calm down, Italy, diddly, 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 diddly. They did their best. Shoddily, Italy, Italy, diddly. Gotta be nice. Hostility, diddly, diddly, diddly. Oh, hell, diddly, ding, dong, crap. Can't you morons do anything right? Bugs Day, the hour of rage. You name it, we talk about it here. If it bugs you, I haven't even gotten to the texts yet. Lots of calls, and we'll get to more of them at 877-332-8255. Uh, if you're on social media, you've likely seen some of the video of one of the founders of Hamas. This is terrible. He talks about Palestinian lands, and the interviewer says, like, what do you mean? And he says, all of Palestine. She says, do you mean the annihilation of Israel? And he says, yes, of course. The existence of Israel is wrong. It's illogical. It must be uh, destroyed. And you're going like, ooh, okay. So that's the guiding principle you're dealing with with Hamas. But the point has been made, and I just want to throw a little point here, and and this is not you or me, even if you are sort of a left-wing progressive adult, I think you've thought this through. But social justice, particularly when you're trading on it in schools, what are some hallmarks of social justice? You're always supporting the oppressed. You're always fighting white privilege. Often the oppressed are even better in terms of intersectionality when they are people of color. So you have Arabic people of color, the Palestinians, being oppressed by people whose white privilege, the Jews, 
Uh, you see where I'm going here. So it's not particularly surprising, given some of the origins of anti-Semitism that have been back and around long before social justice, but this virulent uh, hatred toward not just Israel, but Jews by many of the supporters of Hamas. It's just, I don't understand it. But if you go back far enough in our obsession with social justice, Rahim Mohammed, writing in the National Post today, says you want to fight anti-Semitism? Start by unlearning social justice. It's not a bad point. Uh, okay, so I told you about this. Uh, this comes from, and he's a troublemaker, young American guy goes out and is getting a petition signed because people support Hamas. And then after they sign, he says, well, here are the terms and conditions, and he reads from the Hamas charter. Here's what happens. Doing a, a quick petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, yeah, you're in? Easy. I just have to read terms and conditions just so okay. you, know, you know what you're signing. Okay. By supporting Hamas free Palestine, you agree to the following. You agree that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered. I don't know about that one. You endorse making homosexuality punishable by jail or death. You don't agree with that? You believe Iran should use Palestinians as puppets to spread radical jihad and destroy the West? No? Nope. I'm glad I read the terms of agreements. You support strict Sharia law, which bans women from showing their knees, hair, playing sports in public, not being able to travel without a man's permission. I'm sorry. Not interested? Okay. You want a terrorist group that beheads babies and rapes girls to replace only democracy in the Middle East? Not sure that's something to support. So if I sign, I agree with this. Yes. Maybe no. No? Okay. <laughs> okay. The point is clear. You can get wrapped up in the poor oppressed Palestinians. And yes, the Palestinian state and the fate of the Palestinians is distinct from Hamas. But Hamas has used children and civilians and families as human shields for decades. Uh, you did hear about the uh, first attack, and this one, uh, there's been a series of Israeli soldiers uh, shot and killed in the, the conflict in the last few days. Uh, one person uh, was talking about the first group who were killed a couple of days ago, and this was a group of soldiers in a convoy traveling through a devastated part of Hamas. They get out of the Hummers and the military troop carriers because there's a group of little tiny toddlers on the middle of the road playing. And the young IDF soldiers get out and say to the kids, hey, you've got to move. The snipers open fire and kill them. And it's being called a humanitarian ambush. Place little kids on the road. And what is a decent person in a military convoy going to do? going to get out to move the children, and then you shoot them. So part of what has been, now I'm sure there will be situations, and Israel is literally uh, taking bulldozers to areas of, of uh, Gaza City, and I know there will be situations and cases where you will decry, as you should, Israeli overreach and aggression. But uh, this is just so difficult. 877 8255 this is Bugs Day, the Hour of Rage. Glenn in Colonze, have you been watching this train wreck on the development of the ArriveCan app? Yes, I have. <laughs> Do tell. 
well, so far, what I've got from it is for the last eight years, this doesn't just involve Arrive Camp. This is uh, contracting to the government, and what's been going on is somebody goes to the government with an idea, and the government then puts it through a middleman and goes back to the person with the idea. Meanwhile, the middleman pads the contract as much as they possibly can get away with, and this has been going on steady with multiple different government departments. It's coming out. And now there's an RCMP investigation. And I'm really surprised that none of the media is following this and talking about it. You know, we've talked about it a little bit here, Glenn, but probably not enough. Because the uh, the woman and the guy who blew the whistle on this uh, run a small IT company. And they were actually doing work on an app dealing yeah. with workplace and sexual assault uh, in Canada border services. Yes. And this is where they ran into it because all of a sudden somebody said, well, go see GC Strategies. This, of course, yep. is a two-person company that for Arrive Can alone pocketed $50 million. And then, uh, yeah. And then they go to GC Strategies and they use another two companies that have the same address to pad resumes. And they give the woman with this little IT company 13 years of experience as a coder and a programmer. And she's young. And then the other guy, they inflate his academic credentials. And then this is pitched to the government. And GC Strategies manages the money through these two subcontractors. And this young guy and girl are saying tens of millions of dollars. And GC Strategies and the other company are taking 15 to 30 percent right off the top. Exactly. And to boot, like the the two guys at GC, they testified earlier that they got about nine million. It turns out it was more like eleven and a half. Yep. And that was and just on Arrive Can. There's now exactly. there's now a now bunch of other work they've been doing, right? Well, yeah, and there's also a whole bunch of other middlemen subcontractors by the sounds of it. And that there's a whole bunch of heads of government agencies that knew about this and were approving it. Yep. That's where it gets really scary. And then on top of that, the two ministers I've heard named so far are Mendocino and Freeland that knew about it as well. Yep. So now we're waiting on the paperwork, which they said was going to take about three weeks. Hopefully they're going to get it unredacted. I I I honestly think that this carbon tax thing (laughs) that they did is actually, they're trying to distract from this thing because this thing is huge. Yep. Yeah. Okay, here, here's, up, here's a theory, Glenn. They're saying we're, we're talking about a half a billion dollars of padding. Yeah, over 400 million. So, I, okay, yeah. I, I need your help here. I am a huge fan of the RCMP, but of course, my RCMP affection is close to home. It's F Division, it's all the detachments. The closer I have a big you respect for law enforcement. Yeah, the closer you get to the National Capital Region, I ain't so bullish on the Mounties. So, what More would you give as the odds, sir? that the RCMP will investigate this and lay a charge. I honestly think that's why our former leader of the RCMP took retirement, because she knew that this was going to come to a head. And now the other fella, when they shut him down in another committee last week, he was giggling because he sat down at the table and the Liberals and NDP voted down the whole committee meeting and he didn't even get to utter a word. And then he giggled and smiled and got up from the table and walked away. And that was the brand new commissioner. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. My, I, I, 
okay, a lot of Mounties are listening, even as we're speaking now. This is in no way to disparage you and the incredible work you do every single day just by who you are. But in Ottawa, do you actually think the RCMP brass, the commissioner of the RCMP, who is a de facto deputy minister in this den of the liberals, do you think anyone is ever going to be charged in this computer business? Tens and tens of millions shaved off the top on $400 million worth of contracts. And the companies doing the shaving are two-person companies who don't actually do anything. They go out and find coders and designers and engineers and web builders. The mind boggles. Hang on. Jack in Lumsden is back on COVID. I'm interested. I think he and I agree, though. Smart to get a vaccination. We'll talk about that and other issues on Bugs Day here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Uh, is this the right room for an argument? Everything you do irritates me. And when you're not here, the things I know you're going to do when you come in irritate me. And if you can't be at least mildly interesting, then shut the hell up. What a dumb thing to do. Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Bugging you? Let's talk about it now. Kevin in Saskatoon, what's got you bugged, sir? Oh, hey, John. Um, I, I'm just kind of getting tired of the city in this garbage situation. Green bin, first of all, is a joke. Yep. Um, and there's nowhere to dump it. It's going to the landfill anyways. But now in the mail, I got a... Uh, a flyer saying they're going to do a three different sizes. Um, you know, the amount of money that's going to cost, like put it into snow removal or something, because guess what? Everyone already has a bit, you know, like, uh, and, and we're talking about the difference of a price, of, uh, a cup of coffee between tiers. It just makes no sense to me. Here's one for you. Um, do you own your own business or do you work for a shop? Uh, no, I'm uh, self-employed. Uh, as a courier. In, in oh, okay. Because because every single business license holder in Saskatoon got a note, and now they've actually written a letter to every single registered business. Did you know that every business in Saskatoon must have separately labeled containers for garbage and recycling in your office? Yeah, um, no, I didn't. Employees and tenants must be educated. Uh, you must take, understandably, garbage and uh, recycling to appropriate facilities. Beginning in October of 23, the city will begin imposing fines to non-compliant businesses if you don't have a container in your store labeled trash and labeled recycling. Yeah. What would you tell the city if they sent somebody to your door? Oh, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss because guess what? The big bins that everyone already has yep. holds three bags. It holds seven bags and it holds ten bags. Leave it alone, you know? Yeah, you make a great point. But, uh, and these are the bureaucrats. No elected official in the city of Saskatoon, even the 11-person clown show circus, they wouldn't have done this. This is overreach by an out-of-control city administration. Jack in Lumsden, it is the season. I got my COVID shot yesterday. Feel like 100% today. Uh, what should we keep in mind? Well, John, uh, you and I occasionally agree on something. We have our differences. I know there's a lot of stuff flying in the uh, news that are high high uh, items right now for debate. But, uh, you know... If, our, our friend Dr. Shahab and others, when they rolled out the COVID booster season, said there was vaccination fatigue and low booster uptake in the province. 
I've been trying to track some of the long COVID research. I'm not up on it entirely. They moved from 15 to 20% long COVID symptoms to about 30% now chronic fatigue. Memory There's a issues. great project at the University of Saskatchewan that's yeah. actually, <clears throat> excuse me, actually mapping long COVID. Uh, you yeah. can find them, Jack, and they're very helpful. Yeah, and, and, and so I'm concerned about long COVID. Uh, people saying, oh, if I get COVID, it's just like the common cold, blah, blah. And my, my, I, I, this isn't bugs day for me. I'm just saying take to 10-minute stop, get your booster needle, and do it for the community. Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Edwin in Regina. What's got you bugged, sir? What's got me bugged is the missed opportunity by the provincial government here in Saskatchewan. You know, after the shot across the ball for Saskatchewan people on we're going to charge you a carbon tax and not charge other people a carbon tax for your eating, you know, the, the province should go back to court after the Supreme Court hearing and go back after the people have voted for the our rights. I beg pardon? Go back after the people that took away our rights over the Supreme Court Federal Impact Assessment Act that we won, and sue those people. Now they can get our money for the for uh, for for the breaking of the rules there. Yeah, no, it's a good point, and I, and I think Saskatchewan isn't going to back down on this, and we're going to watch it. Uh, okay, I wish I could read the headline in Rolling Stone: Fake Bull Shows. Guess who co-founders sue ex-bandmates? Big story in Rolling Stone. The pride of Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Burton Cummings and Randy Bachman have now sued their former bass player Jim Cale, drummer Gary Peterson, who have a touring band called the Guess Who. And it's a few 20-somethings, but it's Jim Cale and Gary Peterson. Uh, Cale actually snared the trademark in the mid-80s to the name Guess Who? Because, of course, the band broke up in 1975. Burton Cummings was on social media last night. Uh, Last time I checked, that was my voice on the original recordings of American Woman. I can promise you I'll not be at their show, yet they're using my vocals to sell tickets and their BS show to dupe fans into thinking this is the original band. I've been handed albums before that were signed by this cover band. A few years ago, one of their lead singers actually signed his autograph right over my image on our Live at the Paramount album. He didn't just autograph the album. He signed over my face. (laughs) Good luck, Randy. Good luck, Burton. I'll tell you, without those two, there never would have been a guess who. The music never would have been written. And some of the iconic performances of the 70s never would have taken place. No Guess Who cover band can ever do that, nor should they. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.